We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Sean Spicer is back with us, Newsmax host, author, author rather, of Radical Nation. We're going to talk about a bunch of different issues. Mr. Sean Spicer, welcome back. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas, Mark. Always good to be with you. It's great to have you back. You know, I was thinking about this because I knew you were coming up today, and I thought the last time that we visited was about a week before those midterms, and you and I were both relatively confident of the red wave. So let me start with that, because the red wave did not manifest itself quite the way we had hoped. What's your theory on, on what happened? I think it's, it's a bit complicated. There's not one thing, but what do you say? Well, first of all, I was in the Christmas spirit until you, until <laughs> Sorry. you threw Sorry. me back, Mark. Thanks a lot. Um, look, here's what I'm going to tell you. And I think sometimes it, not everyone may agree with me on this, but like you said, number one, I agree with you. It's not as simple. There is no magic bullet. There is no one thing. There are several things. We uh, did not do well fundraising uh, candidate-wise, and candidate money matters more than anything else because they can buy by law the cheapest rate uh, advertisements by law. So an ad that might cost you or I or a super PAC $100 might cost a candidate 10 That's important. It's candidate dollars go further. Our candidates got blown out. Like you take New Hampshire, Don Bolduck raised just over $2 million. Maggie Hassan raised over $30 million. So no amount of outside help is going to make up a deficit like that. Number two, though, when you look, speaking of New Hampshire, at a state like New Hampshire where Chris Sununu won as governor by more than 15 points to the top of the ticket, and Don Bolduck lost by, what, six, seven points, you look at Georgia, every statewide office, governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, five statewide offices, all won by more than five points on Election Day, and Herschel Walker lost. What does that start to tell you? You look at Ohio, where, yes, J.D. Vance won, but Governor Mike DeWine won by a very large amount, and J.D. Vance won, I think, by 5.3 percent. Point is, at the end of the day, candidates matter. The campaigns matter. The mechanics matter. And, you know, if you take Georgia and say, wait a second, every other statewide official won by more than five points and Herschel Walker lost by a point. That says to me that you had five people of different sort of backgrounds, if you will, meaning some of them are more conservative than others. Some of them, you know, ran better campaigns than others. They all won. So that means that somebody went out of their way to not vote for Herschel Walker and a vote or to vote for Raphael Warnock in one way or another. One of those two scenarios occurred. Same thing in New Hampshire. And to some degree, not the same, in Ohio. And in Ohio, yes, I, I will give you, you know, Governor Mike DeWine's 
the, he's, he was an incumbent. He's been in office. He was uh, a senator and attorney general before that. So, I mean, there are some there are some some factors in here. But my point is this: at some point, you have to be willing to admit that some of our candidates did not do a good job and they did not raise the money and they did not run a good campaign. And I know some people don't want to hear that. But that's just the truth. And yeah. the evidence suggests that when you look at the, the other people who ran on the same day with the same voters in the same state, if they won and you didn't, maybe it's you. <laughs> well, and that's that's kind of where I am. But obviously, you know who uh, gets some of the criticism. I'd love your opinion on this. What about Ron McDaniel and Mitch McConnell? We, you know, they put their chips in. Look, we took care of business here in Missouri, by the way. We should point that out with Eric Schmidt. You know, Eric, I yes, think he's going to be a great yes. United States senator. But, you know, now and I can kind of wind this question into the calls for new leadership. Obviously, the Senate's not going to change over. But with the House, McCarthy doesn't have all the votes right now. How do you think all that's going to shape shape out? Or shake out. So, so, so let me just say this to your listeners before I get teed off on. I will explain. No, I'm not endorsing. I'm explaining because a lot of times, you know, here, here's the thing. I spent six years at the RNC, so I am a little deferential to that. In, the, in a midterm election, the RNC's job is to raise money and to funnel it out to state parties, to the National Republican Senatorial Committee and the National Republican Congressional Committee. That's it. They, they are responsible for turnout. The RNC doesn't pick candidates. They don't run commercials. So, again, go back to my examples of Georgia. Go back to the example of New Hampshire, even to some extent Ohio. The RNC got people out to vote. At some point, though, the candidate matters. You can't go out and just tell people like they're blind. That's what Democrats do. They vote blindly. Tell me who's on the ballot. I'll vote for John Fetterman. I don't care that he can't string a sentence together. I'm a Democrat. That's not how Republicans vote. At some point, they want to see a candidate that that they actually think can uh, fight for their policies, fight for what they believe in, fight for limited government. Um, and, and in a lot of cases, they didn't. But it, it, so so my question on the RNC thing, and I'm not here to, to make a full-throated defense of Ron McDaniel or anything, just to say, what did you think that they were supposed to do? What What is it? Because, if, again, look at the examples. They got five of these people over the finish line to turn out. They helped with it anyway. They helped pay for the data modeling that, that allowed the campaigns to go out there and target their voters. What What is their role supposed to be? Because at some point, you sound like a Democrat when you're like, it's somebody else's fault that I lost. Um, and that's what Democrats do. Um, when it comes to McConnell, look, I, I do I question some of the choices that they made in terms of where they spent their money? Yes. But at the end of the day, remember what I said, Don Bolduck in New Hampshire got outraised two million to thirty million. So do I think that McConnell should have stayed in longer, maybe? But at the end of the day, you know, he goes out and he raises that money, Mitch McConnell and his team. And then they have to make decisions about what who who you know where they're gonna put more or less in. And I know people were complaining at the end, oh, they should have done this and they should have done that. Again, with all due respect, I think we sound like Democrats. It's like here's what he should have done with his money. The money that he raised, you know, do I agree with every decision that he made? Absolutely not. But I think that it's a cop out to turn around and to blame everybody else. You know, Eric Schmidt ran a great race and he won. Uh, You look at Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. He ran a great race. He raised money. He worked his tail off and he won. Certain campaigns didn't do that. They sat back and said, I've got Donald Trump's endorsement. That's all I have to do. And my point is, is that like at some point, have an underst- we have to have an understanding as to what everyone's role is, and particularly what the role of the candidate in their campaign is. And I just I think a lot of these campaigns came up way short, 
and they want to blame everybody. I mean, they, they're literally the guy sitting at the all-you-can-eat buffet and saying, it's, it's your fault that I didn't lose weight. It's like at some point, you can't keep putting food in your mouth and blaming everybody else. Yeah, look, I, I'm with you. I, I think that was a great analysis, and I'm, I'm on the same page. How about on Kevin McCarthy? Because I, in, I'd be someone who'd be all for new leadership, but the reality is there's not really a path, and how does that shake itself out with negotiations and concessions and all that, in your opinion? So, so here's where I come down to McCarthy. The House conference had, a, had elections where anybody could run for any position, majority whip, majority leader, conference chair. There was a, a race Byron Donald's challenge to Lee Stefanik. Uh, there was a race for vice chair. One person challenged McCarthy, Andy Biggs of Arizona. He got 31 votes. McCarthy got the other 85% of them. There was a race. He won. If you don't like McCarthy, I, I get it. I'm not here to be Kevin's defender or whatever, but I'm going to tell you there was a race among the House conference, and Kevin won. He's raised a ton of money. He's put his neck on the line. It was Kevin McCarthy, by the way, that was running around the country raising money and putting it in seats that kept a lot of these seats in play that helped get a majority. And it wasn't just this cycle. He did it last cycle and the cycle before that's inched us closer and closer to a majority. I mean, in my personal opinion, has he earned it? Yes. But my point to the detractors is to say this. Who else? You had a race. Right. You got 31 votes. You lost. And right now, I've had Bob Good on my show. I've had Matt Gates. I've talked to Matt Gates. I've had, uh, you know, uh, uh, who else? A couple of the other guys, uh, Scott Perry. Um, and then you've got Rosendale from, um, uh, from Montana uh, and Ralph, North, Ralph um, uh, uh, from uh, South Carolina. Um, sorry, this is my former governor here in Virginia. Um, but, but my answer to them is, okay, if you guys want to put somebody else up, tell me who it is. But here's what's going on right now. We have key committees in Congress that can't organize. They can't have a chairmanship race because we don't have a candidate for speak. You know, we haven't settled the speaker's race yet. So our agenda is stalled. They haven't hired staff. They haven't been able to put together a legislative agenda. They can't get subpoenas in order. So everybody wants investigations and to put border policies together and tax policy. We're stalled. We're sitting around shooting at each other while the Democrats laugh at what's going on. This is a joke. We had an election. You may not like the outcome. I don't like everything. But at the end of the day, it was a fair, transparent process. One person ran against McCarthy. They got 31 votes. Move on. That's how it works. And I guess my point to these five is, and I've asked them this on the show all the time, what else do you want? What, 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 you know, I've heard random suggestions about things. Most of it is silly stuff, to be blunt with you. And I say this because, for example, one of the demands is to to a motion to vacate the chair. This is a rule that has been defunct for 200 years that they want to bring back that would allow any member of the House of Representatives on any day at any time to walk down to the well of the House and call for a motion to vacate the chair, i.e. the speaker. What do you think that AOC, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, all your friends over there, Corey Bush from Missouri, (laughs) what do you think they're going to do? I mean, they're going to just walk down and do it every day. And so one of the members said to me the other day, so what? And I said, so what? What happens the day that you have five guys that have COVID, that they get sick, they've gone off to a family birthday party? They win that day. And then Hakeem Jeffries becomes speaker. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's two. What do you, I mean, no one is thinking this stuff through because here's what I want. I want to be getting policies together using the power of the purse that force them to deal with serious issues that are that we're facing on the border. Title 42 ends 
in two what for, for three days, two days. I, I mean, I, I just I feel like we, we we ask the American people to give Republicans a majority so that we could show you that we are serious, mature, and that we can contrast the failures of this administration. And we're now going to sit around on January third. And for who knows how long, kind of play a little game of who can get, you know, the majority vote. And every day that we do that is a day that we're not organized, that we're not hiring staff, that we're not getting ready with subpoenas and getting legislation in order. And and so you've wasted six weeks, seven weeks of time. And that's what it comes down to. You've literally wasted that amount of time. So for those people, I just say I get your frustration, but either come up with a plan or get on board because we need to start acting with a team. Well, that that's the part I've sort of been making a similar uh, call. What's the plan? Yeah. What what is the other plan? And there is one is not one, which is why I think um, McCarthy's in in the end going to win this. And it's just going to be a bunch of wasted time. I think you're right about that. It's in the end, the same result's going to happen. And they've wasted uh, a pretty good window here. Sean Spicer back with us this afternoon. Uh, Did you uh, look? I'm not saying January 6th for me was pretty, pretty disgusting. I'm moving on. And, of course, you have the House committee referring this to the Justice Department. What happens with this? Well, nothing happens with it because the Justice Department is conducting its own probe. They've already announced that they're having a special uh, counsel to look into this. Uh, And so nothing is going to happen. We've just created a show for the left-wing media. I mean, look, here's the other thing. I mean, and again, this isn't about, like like you, I was disgusted about what happened on on January 6th. I worked on Capitol Hill for quite some time, so it's a special sacred place for me. I don't take lightly what happened, but I think there is a judicial system for this. But to turn around and say one of the, the articles that they're referring to, the Justice Department is saying that President Trump incited an insurrection. I'm no lawyer, but here's my point. If he incited an insurrection, why hasn't one person been charged with insurrection? I mean, not one of the people that entered the Capitol has been charged by the Department of Justice for the U.S. Attorney's Office with insurrection. So if the president incited something, why hasn't anyone been charged with it? It just shows. Yeah, that's look, a good question. Two, two, yeah. two, two reporters last week, the TV critics for The New York Times and The Washington Post, named the January 6th committee hearings as one of the best shows on television. This shows you what they really – this was never intended to be serious. To your point, they've never called a witness to talk about security violations. They've never figured out why the Capitol Police responded in the way they do, why the National Guard wasn't able to respond in the manner it was. If you were serious, you would have talked about security concerns, but it doesn't happen again. They didn't. This was literally a sham committee set up to attack Donald Trump. Whether you like him or not, this was, this was never about getting to the bottom of the security failures and preventing it from happening again. So I, I, I just I think it is a huge disappointment, I, except if you are on the left. Then you get to, to, to see Liz Cheney and, you know, a bunch of these other folks make their speeches. But I, I, I think this is a massive waste of taxpayer time and money because we never actually found out where those security failures were and how to, how to prevent them. Absolutely. Sean Spicer, it is great to have you back here right before Christmas. What is Christmas in the Spicer household like? Do you have a couple, you have a couple <laughs> kids still in the house? <laughs> I do. I have two 11-year-olds. Uh, it is it is uh, chaos defined. Uh, it is on the, on the one hand, it's a very blessed time. We go to church um, and have a very you know, really get into the spirit of it, which is something that my wife and I really try to instill in our kids to remember why we're why we go. This season is so important. And then we also do do a big gathering as family. I mean, which it's an Irish Catholic family that 
uh, gets together, you know, over like a three-day period, and uh, well, enough of them are young enough that it, it, it wreaks a ton of havoc. But it's fun, it's chaotic, and uh, and 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 we still manage to get in enough time to to remember the reason that we're all doing this. Absolutely. Well, Merry Christmas, Sean, and thank you so much you for, too, for everything you do the past year. I really appreciate you coming on here, and good luck with everything in the new year. And we'll chat soon. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. Take care. I love Sean Spicer. He's always so good to us, you know, and he um, he didn't mention it this time, but he would come to St. Louis quite a bit doing his National Guard work, and oh, he doesn't neat. do that again. But he's very good to 97.1 FM Talk, so I appreciate him coming on here right before Christmas. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.